trying to record sermons off the soundboard so we can get them onto the website right away. So that's what the thumbs up was about. Um, you ever get in the habit of eating the same thing over and over again because you like it and it's just easy? Now, it seems lately that I have got in the habit of eating sandwiches, and it started a few weeks ago when we had our vacation Bible school. There were the 12 tribes of Israel, and they all had a team cheer. There was one that has just stuck with me. Reuben, not the sandwich, om nom nom. And then after that, we went on our mission trip to Jamaica, and we ate peanut butter and jelly sandwiches every day for a week. Sometimes you even ate two, because even if peanut butter and jelly is not your favorite sandwich, when you have been working in the hot sun all day, it becomes your favorite. And then that got me thinking about mission trips in general. I had a pastor who was about 6'8", and every mission trip we would go on, he would eat a triple-decker or double-decker peanut butter and jelly sandwich because he didn't want to eat three sandwiches. But if you put five slices of bread together in one sandwich, that is completely okay. Now, I'm sure some of you are beginning to wonder, what does this have anything to do with the gospel today? You know, preachers, we like telling stories, and sometimes it seems like we're going way off track down a bunny trail. But sometimes we need those little side trails to tell us what God is doing in our lives and to give meaning. And at first glance, our portion of the gospel today, it looks like Mark has gone down the bunny trail. Because Mark was in the middle of talking about sending out the 12 disciples. We had heard about that last week, and we hear the tail end of that story next week. But right in the middle of that story, we have this flashback to John the Baptist and his beheading. And I want to introduce you to a new word. It'll make you sound really fancy at brunch. Intercalation. Intercalation is a fancy seminary word for a sandwich. Now, this is not a sandwich you eat, but it's a rhetorical sandwich. It's one story sandwiched in between the telling of another story. And that sandwich gives both stories deeper meaning. And so that's what we have today, a fancy Markin sandwich. Now, the top bun was Jesus in his hometown at the start of chapter 6, and we heard about how a prophet without honor can do no good in his own hometown. Jesus was extremely limited in what he could do for the people because they didn't believe in him. And then next came the first layer of meat and cheese. Je Jesus sent out the 12, just as Jesus had been sent by the Father. So Jesus sends out the 12, and that's what we heard about last week. And now you would expect the bottom bun to be another story about Jesus and what he does while the disciples are away. Instead, surprise, we get another story, another layer of meat and cheese about John the Baptist. And this whole layer is there to imply that as it was with John, so will it be with Jesus. And then finally, to close off the story of the disciples being sent out, we have in Mark the bottom bun when the 12 return, wildly successful. And then the abundance of God flows out. Jesus goes from being able to do nothing but heal a few people in his hometown to a feeding miracle that shows he is in control over and above the laws of nature. So there we have it, a Markin sandwich. And I've alluded to how each part 
influences the others, but let's look a bit more closely at today's portion. Through the lens of the rest, Jesus has gone from having no respect and no real power in his hometown, and in response, sent out others to work in his name. Now, clearly, these others are doing very well because Jesus' name is now well known. Herod is hearing about him. Now, he's hearing conflicting stories. Some people are saying, oh, he's Elijah. Others are thinking he's a prophet. But Herod here can't see Jesus for himself. He can't see beyond his own trauma and his own guilty conscience to see Jesus as he really is. All he can see is John the Baptist back to haunt him. Leaving Herod aside for a moment, have any of you ever met somebody who managed to make even good news sound like bad news? Or maybe you've tried to tell someone the good news of Jesus, but they can't hear you because of what else they've heard about this Jesus or who they've known who claimed to follow him. I once was doing a round of pastoral education in a hospice, and I was sharing my rounds and giving feedback with another man who was pursuing a call to ministry like me, but apparently I reminded him, reminded him of his terribly overbearing and hypercritical mother, and he also was reminded of a heretic. Now, he didn't tell me this right away. It took me a long time to figure out why this man was always gruff and short and not very kind to me. Until one day, seemingly out of nowhere, he looks at me and he says, well, you're just an agent of the Antichrist. Huh. Now, luckily, I'm really confident that I'm here working for Jesus. So instead of getting mad, instead of getting angry, I just asked, well, where did that come from? And I called in our director, because this is clearly above what I understand. And they helped us to sort through and dissect that this guy wasn't really reacting to me. He was reacting to who I reminded him of. And you know, it's that fallen sinfulness of humanity combined with our various cultural allegiances and biases that led him into the distress he was in. And it's not that different for old King Herod. King Herod was spoiled. Herod threw over his first wife and divorced her in favor of her bro his brother's wife. It's good to be king. Except Herod wasn't really a king like we think of kings. He presumptuously called himself a king when really he was a minor regional ruler. Culturally, he was in a position of power and prominence only as long as the Roman government allowed him to be. King Herod, his status relied heavily on staying in favor. Herod liked John the Baptist. We hear in the gospel he was dazzled by his words. And yet he couldn't really listen to them. He couldn't admit that he was wrong. And so he had him thrown in jail. And then later, clearly sinful Herod has learned nothing about avoiding lustful temptation because now he has his stepdaughter doing a teasing dance. That dancing for dinner was even more unacceptable then and uncommon than those of gentlemen's clubs found in the lesser parts of town. This dance pleased King Herod so that he promised the girl whatever she wanted in front of all of his officials and military leaders. 
Herod allowed his lust to entrap him into a promise to behead John the Baptist, a leader he was intrigued by and even seemed to like. Herod chose to do further wrong so as not to lose face, not to lose power, not to admit that he was wrong. And the head of John was given to whom? The very woman who Herod began the sin with in the first place. The woman John condemned Herod as not lawful to have, Herodias, his brother's wife. And John's disciples heard about his death, and so they took him away and buried his body in a tomb. Mark is using this story to foreshadow Jesus here. He's making the bold assertion, but also the progression of what happens to a prophet who is held without honor. What happens to a prophet who speaks truth to power and calls out fallenness and sinfulness of broken governments and greedy, lustful rulers? Just as it was with John's death, Mark is foreshadowing Jesus' death at the hands of those in power. But remember the sandwich. Intercalated with that is the audacity and the profoundness of the good news that the gospel cannot be beheaded. The good news of God breaking in and being made known as a way of light, truth, hope, and healing cannot be silenced. It cannot be silenced by corruption, greed, or power, because like a hydra, when you cut off one head, two more grow back. One prophet is silenced, but six pairs of apostles have already been sent out. And we already know that they were successful. We stand in the footsteps of those early apostles, audaciously challenged and woefully unprepared and ill-equipped. They went out sent by Jesus just as the father was sent by the father just as Jesus was sent by the father we know that not only did those 12 return successful but Jesus goes from being able to do nothing in his hometown to feeding over 5000 but more than that Jesus although he enters the tomb like John Jesus will not stay dead but rise and send his followers out again in his name to all the world, which is where we enter the story of God's salvation plan for the whole world, for all time and all cultures. But perhaps we're more like Herod here than we'd like to think. All of us have the opportunity to be intrigued by God at work. But when the message of God conflicts with what we want to do, with who we define ourselves as, when the message chafes against who we've married or who we've served or maybe even who we voted for, or when the gospel confronts our bad habits of greed and addictions to pleasures of the flesh, what happens then? Do we listen or do we silence God? If God is calling out something in your life and telling you it isn't right, don't behead the messenger. He'll just send two more. The uncomfortable good news that Mark delivers to us today is that God will not be silenced. All of us have the chance to do what Herod didn't. To say, I'm sorry. We can stand at the intersection of Jesus and our culture, Jesus and our identity, Jesus and our family, and we can give that over and let God redeem it and make it new. Now, if God isn't working you, working on you in this way, 
Well, maybe you've already allowed God to have free reign in your life. In that case, who is God asking you to go to? Because God's message of abundant love, abundant provision and healing and life eternal only gets spread if we allow ourselves to be sent. So the next time you pick up your Bible or the next time you tell a story of what God has done in your life, be on the lookout for sandwiches. God is sandwiching the remarkable inbreaking of his plan into the ordinary necessity of our daily bread. Don't miss it.